Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. All right, well, then uh, I guess we are going to move on to something very me too. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag. I don't know. I don't know. Are, are you allowed to use those two words? Hashtag me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just did. <laughs> Rebel. Uh, you know, I, I think if you are looking for something that explains me too with a lot of nuance. Yes. The show we are going to discuss today does that. Yes. And I'm sort of happy that they didn't use a clickbait of a name, of a, of a title for the show. I agree. But at the same time, I think they missed out on that too. I, I can see that too. I can see that too. Because it took me actually clicking on the first episode to just see what it was about to figure it out. Yeah, I, I I would have never known. Yeah, if you hadn't recommended it to me as something to watch, I would have never known. I I would have thought it was just one of those. It is possible that it's only way too clever because, I suppose, one of the biggest scandals surrounding the Me Too movement came out of Morning Show. That's true. And they went with that, but perhaps not all of us are putting two and two together like that. Yeah, you know. Because yeah. I still think of myself as a decently, you know, smart dude. And I was kind of lost on that one. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame because um, it's a good show. It is a fantastic show. And and we should probably say what it's called. Me the morning. Too. The morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's called The Morning Show. The Morning Show. And it's on Apple. Apple Plus. Apple, Apple TV Plus. Plus. Apple TV Plus. So let's go ahead and introduce formally to everybody. Hey, Graham. Hey, Jocelyn. Do you like food? Yes. Do you like grocery shopping? <laughs> no. With Instacart, never deal with germ-covered shopping cart handles, people waiting until the last second to pay, or having to dodge that one creepy dude who's always in the dairy section. Never again will you have to stop your binge watching for the drudgery of grocery shopping. Instacart is here to save your day. For a low monthly fee, Instacart will have trained personal shoppers choose and deliver your groceries from your favorite store right to your front door or your back door. It's all up to you. Shop from anywhere using your computer, iPhone, iPad, or Android device. Schedule a delivery and have your groceries delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart personal shoppers fulfill your orders from the store you've chosen. Your personal shopper will pick your produce, carefully select all your items, and handle any items that are out of stock. If you're a picky produce person, don't worry. You can notate all of your preferences and that info will be sent directly to your personal shopper who will go out of their way to select the best available items. They pay close attention to expiration dates and carefully handle delicate items like eggs and bottles. 
Oh, and speaking of bottles, alcohol delivery may be an option as well. All of this for one low monthly fee, and it's unlimited. Yes, that's right. Have them running around for you every day of the month. Who doesn't want a grocery store lackey? To start your 14-day free trial, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know we sent you and to help support our show. Instacart. Never set foot in a grocery store again. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming with you here once again. Jocelyn, Graham, we are saying hello, and we welcome you to this show of us. And today we're talking about morning show the morning show the morning show this show this show the morning show has some um personal ties i guess would be the right word to it um some pavlovian responses from myself with this (laughs) um we've we've talked a little bit in the past but I, i do have a history of working in broadcast television i worked in broadcast tv for about five years Definitely not the top market by any means. <laughs> Low market television, but <laughs> the the opening to the first episode of this actually made me feel sick to my stomach because I remember the three thirty wake ups <laughs> oh. to get to work for the show that started at five. Now, granted, I was never television uh, in front of television. I was always behind the scenes, so you know that was slightly. I have a slight quibble with the show because. If you're an anchor, you're not getting up at 3.30 for the show. You're more up at like 1.30 for the show. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. But, um, yeah, this it, it was fascinating to me. The show is very good, and it's very interesting to me how well they uh, captured the ego yes. that's in television. It doesn't yes. matter what market is, it is, because uh, yes. I worked with some of them for five years. And how well they captured the sexism. Yes. And the really unhealthy and toxic, disgusting stuff that happens. Yes, yes, yeah. All of yes to all of that. And <laughs> and I've never I've never worked on broadcast TV, but there I do feel that there is a law of realness to what I saw there. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially the ego part, mm-hmm. especially the throat cutting yes. uh, um, attitude that everybody has. Like, no matter how good of a friend somebody might be to you, they're still looking to fuck you up at some point for whatever reason, you know. And uh, so, Apple TV Plus, in terms of original programming, is really standing up to 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 the expectations, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, you remember when we discussed Apple TV Plus and we discussed all of these incoming stream, new streaming platforms. Yes, I, I wasn't given much credit, you know, when the first show that they launched was C. We <laughs> we had a very <laughs> dope episode about C. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> you know? That was a fun episode. <laughs> um, I have to say, Jennifer Aniston 
Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. and Steve Carell, mm-hmm. uh, Google Mbata Raw. Uh, the the cast is fantastic. We, we're going to get in the cast. Yeah. But my God, what a show. Yeah. What a show. Yeah. So with that said, I'm going to leave it to you, Jojo, to go ahead and give people a synopsis, the premise of the show. What are we looking at? Um. So we're looking at a the number one broadcast morning show in America. Uh, that's the, the premise. And it has a anchor and co-anchor. They've been working together for 15 years. Looks like they've been top of the, the ratings for about 15 years. And uh, everything's running along pretty smoothly. And then they get hit with um, the male counterpart, the male anchor, being uh, accused of some pretty serious um, sexual misconduct allegations. And the public face of the network is to immediately fire him. And the sort of fallout that happens after that and what actually happened behind the scenes, as opposed to what you were shown. And uh, so you get the Steve Carell plays the the anchor accused of sexual misconduct. Jennifer Aniston is his television wife. Yeah. Um, you know, his, his co-anchor or, or he's her co-anchor, you know, they, they co-anchor the show together. Reese Witherspoon plays kind of a young upstart. I shouldn't say young. She's an older upstart reporter. Yeah. She's an older upstart reporter who, um, never really got her break because she is, kind of flies off the handle a little bit with mm. stuff. And, um, this is a story of how, what happens behind the scenes in television and probably in lots of corporations too, um, with cover ups and with the public persona of what you may see of some people in some corporations not being exactly the way it really is. And that's, and that, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. <laughs> 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 that that is in a nutshell what what it is. So let's go through some of the best things we see in in the show. And we started by talking about how carefully nuanced this show is. Mm-hmm. It did not make something trivial out of me too. But more than that, it did not pick a side. Yes. It did not pick a side. And if you are going into this with the notion that, you know, we're going to see there's an agenda here. I don't think there is. And I, maybe that's that's me, but I don't think there is. I think this show shines a light on the truth about sexual misconduct, corporate warfare, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, the human cost mm-hmm. of when your job takes a toll on you and how much of a toll that job takes on women. Mm-hmm. More than like, we, we all have these moments of self-pity when we go on this rampage about how hard we have it. How, how we can't no more. This is way too much. And every time I find myself do, doing that, 
I've tended to remind myself as one, what is it like for someone else? Someone else who doesn't have the same opportunities and the same privileges that I have. And uh, how they probably are taking it and just going through life, you know. And, and that's what this show shows us. That it's one thing what we see that the camera allows us to see. Mm-hmm. But there is a very, very, very shitty <laughs> out of sight situation going on. Yes. That we probably never hear of. Yes. And I, you know, to tack on a personal experience with that, um, you know, I, I, as I said, worked in broadcast television in the 90s. And uh, I was young, female, and uh, worked with some on-air personalities. As I said, I was always behind the scenes, but I worked with some on-air personalities that I'm looking back now at the age I am now. And the way that I was treated and the things that were said to me, if you said that to me now. <laughs> yeah. Not only would you not have a job, you wouldn't have testicles. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, seriously, the, the, it, it's, it's not just the fact that as, you know, you, the culture is to just kind of laugh it off and be like, yeah. oh, well, whatever. Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. You know, and, that, and that's, that's the way you're sort of even, you don't even know that it's wrong because you haven't been told that it's wrong. You know, like like these these people, these men have been doing this forever and getting away with it forever. And if it's just presented to you as this is the way it is, yeah. then you don't ever really think of it as being different or wrong. So now that I'm older and 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 have the aspect of 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 age and also the aspect of of the perspective of of other people's experiences. It's like, you know, if, if I had a daughter who was that age and I found out that somebody had said that to her or had those types of conversations to her in what's supposed to be a professional environment, I would probably be in jail. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think, I think about it all the time. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's not like a, some of the people that I that I worked with at the time, you know, this isn't, you know, you're working in television and you would think that there would be a standard for behavior. And I know that I worked in a smaller market, but obviously there wasn't a standard for behavior. And so the standard for behavior is obviously going to be the same across the board. Yes. You know, it's yes. a, the industry is the industry is the industry. Yes. Because know? normally people who make it to be to the bigger market are people that are plucked out of smaller yes. market to begin with. They were yes. too good for the market the way yes. and they get called in. Yes. So, and, and so the, that behavior tr- tr- uh, transport itself into those bigger markets. Isn't it? it does. It does. And some of the people that I worked with ended up becoming, you know, White House correspondents and working for larger networks and, you know, number one places in the country. So, yeah. So I just, like I said, watching this is is, is a little Pavlovian because it, it was like, oh, God, 
shit, I remember <laughs> that. Yes. And, and not just the disgusting, you know, things. I mean, there was fun things, too. I loved working in television. I did. But now that I'm older and looking back and thinking of, of some of those things that I experienced, I'm like, that wasn't okay. Yes. It, that really wasn't okay. And, and it's a shame. And I, I think there is also a, an element of gratitude to whatever protected you back then that now that you realize that wasn't okay, but you're thankful that it didn't go further. Yeah. You're thankful that, oh, so that could have been me. Yes. That could have happened to me. Yes. I could have been this person. I could yes. have fallen on this on this trap. And you know the the only reason I think that it that it didn't is because of my father because my father worked at the same station and oh. everybody knew my father yeah. and everybody loved my father at the station. Oh. And I think even though there were conversations and there were things that were said to me, I don't think that anything ever went any further because it was that's John's daughter. And my father was very respected. And even if the, the the person saying it didn't have a respect for them, they knew that somebody else in the station yes, would. Yes. And be like, no, no, You're no. You're not going to be allowed to no. do this. Right. Yeah. So I think that's what protected me, which is, you know, dad protected me without knowing that anything was going on. Because <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't run home and report to daddy that, oh, such and such said so and so to me. You know, because I'm, I'm not going to tell that to your father. Good Lord. But... And at the end, at the same time, too, like I said, it's not that my father did, but in a workplace environment, it's presented as being okay. At yes. the time, it was okay. If my father had been there and heard that, he would have taken me aside and been like, okay, after I've finished killing these people, you and I are going to have a talk about it. <laughs> but first, let me just go ahead and ask everybody. <laughs> you know, he, he, was, he was an engineer, so he could have just been like, we hold this cable for a second and then, you know, poof. <laughs> There would have been that problem Ooh. gone. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I still don't want to mess with your father. <laughs> Even now that he's not with us, I still don't want to mess <laughs> But yes, Jocelyn, I, and I'm I'm happy that we're doing this show. I've just derailed it completely. No, no, no. I'm but talking I, about myself. So. But I'm happy that we're doing this show about television and having you here with the experience that you have. Because, so here's the way I think about this, is that... When a culture is built around ego, about somebody's ego, especially for, we know that, for instance, most TV shows have their own staff, their own, pretty much their own wing of the, of the TV station dedicated to them. So especially if they are like the bread and butter of the TV station. And so this is where these people become kind of superstars and receive the ultimate treatment. They get whomever they want. And this is what we see with this guy that, that played by John, uh, by uh, Steve Carell is that even though he's supposed to be co-equal to his co-anchor, the role played by Jennifer Aniston, at the end of the day, because he's got obviously the testicles, he's the one that, People come to, people listen to. He's the one they look at as the authority figure. Mm -hmm. Even though in front of the camera, it's like a partnership and everybody's like, you know, is is the two of them. But when it comes to decision making, 
when it comes to how the show should look, what should happen with the show, who should get to do what, they seem to, it seems to me that they thought that the only person, the only opinions, uh, opinion they needed was his. Mm -hmm. And so as such, he was able to use that power to, I guess, put this trap for young women in if you want upward mobility in this career, I'm the guy you should suck up to. Mm -hmm. And if I want you, you know, I get you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And this is nothing new. This is like the the standard for especially older, powerful men. Yes. They always somehow wind up, and, and, and it is... It is a, a a perversion of paternalism. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, you're right. You know, let's discuss your career. No, motherfucker, you're not my father. Right. You know, why should you have any saying in my career? Right. But when you are young and ambitious, yes, these kind of moves you 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 tend to not see it. As a power play, but rather, this guy's like a dad to me. Right. A, a mentor. A mentor, a, yes. Yeah. A somebody who's going to, you know, help me on the way up my ladder. Because um, in, in television, everybody's hungry. They're so hungry. <laughs> they're just thinking about the next station that they're going to get to. And, you know, these this show is about the people who are at the station that everybody wants to be at. You know, yeah. the, on the show that everybody wants to be on. And so you're going to do your best to keep this job, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You're going to do everything you can because you are where everybody wants to be. Yeah. And there's, you know, 10,000 people lined up to take your job. Yeah. So, yeah. And needless to say, the character that Steve Gerald plays takes advantage of that with, with younger interns, employees, female. And he's been get, getting away with it for a long time. But the way he gets away with it, it's not because those women are not speaking up. Some of them are speaking up, but there is also a corporate cover-up. Yes. Because yes. if the guy who is sort of responsible or the main guy for the show that brings the most money to the point where he was making what, about 25 millions a year, to anchor a morning show. I mean, I don't know. Like, there are, I don't know that there's uh, major sport coaches that make right. <laughs> that kind of money right. a year, right. in a year, you know. So you can tell that this was important for the network. Yes. But they ended up losing it all, pretty much. Yeah. You know. So this is what the story is about. Let's talk a little bit about the cast. This show is co-produced by Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. And I know that by now we're all accustomed to the shows, the kind of shows that Reese Witherspoon co-produces. She has pretty much risen as one of Hollywood's biggest power as, as a female in terms of 
doing her own thing and producing her own thing. And yeah, and she's done it very quietly. Yes, it's, not not necessarily in your face, but no, in your face whenever she does it. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. Yep, she's done it very quietly, and it's like, okay, I'm going to be quiet until I need to make my point, and then then I'm going to fire everything at you. Yes, and um, yeah, it's very cool. And I'm glad to see that she has sort of like grabbed Jennifer Aniston, pulled her into this this movement, if you will. Yeah. Because she seemed to be creating her own Fab Fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, with Laura Dern, with Shailene Woodley, with... Uh, who's Keith, Keith Urban married with? Oh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Australian lady right <laughs> You see what I'm saying? So Reese Witherspoon has, is creating this Fab Five, but everything they do has has quality. Yeah. It's, she herself says, you know, I buy books, I read books, I read authors, I follow authors, I read their, their work, and if I like it and I want to make a movie or a series out of it, I'll buy the the rights to it and, and, and get working. It is very different as opposed to waiting for some Hollywood big shot to just like some bullshit because... Is going to make them a lot of money. Because mm-hmm. somebody handed them something and said, this is a moneymaker. And they yes. said, buy that for me. And, and in a world where creativity is almost as a stop, because more remakes are being made than ever. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. You need somebody like Reese Witherspoon who is actually reading. Yeah. 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 Yep. No, no waiting for somebody to bring. Oh, I read this and I'm like, no, I'm reading it myself. Yeah. I want to see the value in it. Yeah. And how this message is going to go out there. Yeah. So this is the most refreshing part of, of the story of this, of this show. Yeah. And the, the fact that, you know, it's being produced by women. Yes. And I think that's the reason why the show doesn't have a slant because I think if it was produced by men, this is just me kind of pulling this out of my elbow, but I feel like if it was produced by men, it would, it would have a slant one way or the other, because I don't think that men can completely understand what it's like to be female in the work environment and especially in the work environment of television. And I think that it would be difficult for them to recreate that sort of experience. Um, I know this was based on a book that was written by a dude, but I, I just, I feel like writing is different than, than bringing something to screen. Yes. I think that, that there's definitely authors who can capture the human experience and it doesn't matter what gender they are. They can capture a male or a female experience. But for some reason, when it comes to seeing something, when it comes to seeing something on television or movies, gender seems to matter like like uh, uh, yes. like male actors or, or male directors and male producers have bring a slant to it that that wouldn't be there if they were just an author or I'm, I don't know I don't feel like I'm explaining it no, very no, no. well you're, but you're absolutely right like uh, a league of their own wouldn't have been the same movie experience that it was if it weren't directed by a female yes simple yes. as that yes exactly it exactly. would be a movie about female baseball players yes. yes it would be yes but if had it not been directed by a female director yes i don't know that it would have had 
the feelings, the emotions that it evoked. Yes. Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think, as you said, this is why this series is beautiful. Yeah. This series is beautiful because it tells us that there are two sides of the story, even in, in situations. Cause here's, here's the crazy thing. The guy accused of sexual misconduct, which he actually did, mm-hmm. one didn't think of himself as a bad person. Two, in he generally is not a terrible person. He's not a villainous person to begin with. Mm-hmm. Three, his biggest problem is was the fact that he got away with stuff. And because he was getting away with stuff, it was almost impossible, almost impossible for him to even come to the realization that what he was doing was wrong. Right. Because in his mind, when the network promoted somebody who complained about him for sexual misconduct, in his mind, it was, you used me. Yeah. To get a promotion. Yeah. You threw yourself at me to get a promotion. Yeah. So it's the tricks that the mind and our ego will play with us that deep inside is no, these things don't happen because we are terrible human beings. You remember we've been doing this show for a long time and I always talk about how I appreciate the fact that when a story is told, it is it, it shows you that there isn't anybody that is inherently a bad person. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're like, no, it's I, I don't know that anybody is bad for fun. Yeah. People don't do bad stuff unless you are a fucking psychopath or whatever. But like generally people do bad shit. But there's an origin to it. Yes. Every, everybody is the hero of their own story. Yeah. So, you know, nobody is going to make themselves the villain in their own story. In their life story, they're not going to be the villain. They're going to be the hero of their life story. We all do that. That's what we do as human beings. Yes. You know, like like you said in the, our last week's podcast about, you know, the history is written by the victors. Right. So, you know, yes. it's it's the same thing. We We are always going to cast ourselves as the good guy. And, and and this is why <laughs> or the misunderstood bad guy. We might we might get that far. We might we may get to the point where like, you know what? I did bad things but it was for a good reason. Yeah. I had my reasons. I had justification. Most of the time people are justifying the bad things they do. Yeah. Right? Most of the time, all the time. And if you if you if you think about it, if you think about it one way, here you have somebody who I guess doesn't have a lot of people around him. That says no to him, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and adulation and unlimited compliance of others are perhaps two of the worst elements combined to destroy anybody's sense of self. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your character, your, your grounding, your distortion of reality. The whole idea of superstardom to the point where there is no one in your life who would dare to say, yo, 
tone it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and this is what's happening here. Now, one of my biggest pet peeves, especially when we talk about the situations related to the Me Too movement, is anybody who comes back and says, well, why did they wait so long? Why didn't they say anything? Why didn't they speak up? Why couldn't they, uh, I don't know, like cross their legs or some shit? I hate, like, I literally want to slap somebody in the face when they say these things Mm -hmm. because it is provable that the way you think you are going to react in certain situation almost never happens when you find yourself in that situation. And there is, I'm I'm talking about like, there was a, there was a study, especially in sexual harassment about that, where (laughs) <laughs> they would, they asked in a survey, what would you do if somebody said this to you? Right. Right. Would you slap them? Would you spit in the face? Would you do this? Would you do that? Survey filled out. I don't know. 90% of people, including men said, yes, I would do this or that. What they didn't know, of course, is that the person in their company, within their company, was a part of the study. And weeks later, when the memories would have faded about the question, went out and asked exactly the same question or took the same action that would have provoked them to have the answer that they thought they would have when they filled out the survey. And everybody Almost everyone coward. Yeah. Yeah. Because, go ahead. No, I know where you're going. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's sort of the, the, the social conformity, the way you're expected to act, especially when you're at work. You know, yeah. I, I have to be this way. I have to be that way. Or also you have the human aspect of, of, being non-confrontational. Some people are confrontational, yes. but but most of us are, are just going to be like, yeah, ha, ha, and just try to brush it, make it go away. Just yeah. just, just go away. Just make it stop. Yeah, let's just, stop it. Exactly. Yeah. And the yeah. best way to make it stop is to just kind of laugh it off as opposed to standing up and, you know, punching somebody or, you know, removing their testicles or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but they would remove the testicles. <laughs> But you know, cross my leg. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I mean, that's 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 we are not we're not really built to be as badass as we think we are. That's exactly the thing. In our heads, we're a total badass. Yes. Have you ever had like this conversation with yourself of what you should have said in an argument after it happened? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Are there pre arguments? The pre arguments. I'm going to tell him blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. You have the pre argument in your head, you know, and I'm going to say this and they're going to say that and we're going to do that. Yeah. No. (laughs) Never happens. You just smile and nod. Yes. And inside, you're like, fucking coward <laughs> yeah, yeah it never happens it never happens because there's a million thoughts the moment you are faced with a situation if you are most of us aren't that impulsive right right so in matter of seconds 
we think about all kinds of scenario before we react. Yes. It doesn't seem that way. It's, it, it sounds like it takes a long time, but we think about, you know, yep. I mean, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and punch my boss in the face yeah. for whatever he or she said to me. What are, what are the repercussions of this going to be? I'm going to get fired. I'm, they might want to press charges. Screen, you know, they, they just get fired. They're, they're going to be, you know, the police are going to be involved. Yep. I could get arrested for this. <laughs> There's definitely going to be some kind of a discussion. You know, it, yeah. So, and the other thing too is with that sort of thing, it's not like anybody typically would go and be expect to have harassment happen. There you go. You're not expecting it to happen. There. It's life isn't scripted. Yeah. You know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to walk by the office. The boss is going to call me in and he's going to say something incredibly sexist to me and ex- ask me for a sexual favor. And this is how I'm going to answer him. That doesn't right. happen that way. That's exactly. not how it works. Exactly. You know, you're just, you know, bopping along during your day. Maybe you're having a really crappy day. Maybe you're off completely. Your brain isn't working a hundred percent. And then somebody is like, oh, you know, let's go whatever. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. slaps you on the ass or whatever. Yeah. You did just, no, like, it's not. What the hell just happened? Right, exactly. And your and brain is like, wait, wait, what? What? Yes. What just happened? How do I catch up to this? What yes. am I supposed to do with this? Yes. And then afterwards, you're like, well, maybe I took it the wrong way. Maybe I misunderstood. Yes. The justifications some, yes. of the act don't only ha- don't, doesn't necessarily only happen on the side of the actor yes. but the person who yes. is on the other side of it. Yes, cuz you you don't want to get somebody in trouble if you genuinely took something the wrong way. Cuz your brain is going, well, you know, maybe I misunderstood. I mean, a slap on the ass is a slap on the ass. But yeah. but if we're talking about things said verbally, there could be misconstrued, Ooh, yeah. oh, you know? Yes. Definitely. Oh, yes. So you're like, well, I I can't. I can't. I'm not going to ruin somebody's career over something like that. Yes. And, oh, well, you know, it's fine. It was just a one-time thing. And then it does, you know, what you allow to happen is what's going to happen. And and even when it continues to happen, then, now you find yourself creating mechanisms to sort of get yourself out of it unharmed. Get yourself out of it, cope with it. Yes. And then also go, well, it's my fault because I didn't stop it the first time. Right. And and so now there's an element of shame with it. Yes. Because what are you going to do now? How long has it been happened? Six months. Oh, in six months, you're saying something now, which is the attitude mm-hmm. that most people have. Mm-hmm. You should have come right away. Well, it's a... Really? That's not the point. <laughs> no. You know, if 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 all of us were in HR every day for something that happened at work every day with all the crap, Thank and I'm you. not just talking about sexual harassment, Thank I'm you. talking about all the little crap that happens in a day that you could legitimate legitimately go to HR, HR over, yes. we would always be in HR. Yep. <laughs> and at the point, at the end of the day, I wouldn't even fucking listen to us now. No. Oh, here comes this nigga again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, here comes Jocelyn again. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody showed her their dick again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, woman. Would you just close your eyes? <laughs> that's that's the <so> funny. <laughs> you are 
Jenny. It's essentially the, the attitude that you're going to get after a while. It's yes. just like, oh, God, here they go again. Uh, yeah. Why is everybody feeling they had to drop their pants in front of you, though? <laughs> Why you? You know, clearly you're giving them, you know. Yeah, It's exactly. all that. Exactly. It's all that. Exactly. So it is not that easy to report harassment. It's not that even, it's not even that easy to react a certain way mm. to especially sexual misconduct. No. Which brings me to the point of one of the clearest and most profound scenes I've ever seen. And it is in this show. Jennifer Aniston's character confronts Reese Witherspoon's character in a bathroom. And this part wasn't even about sexual harassment. It was about how Reese's character had come in the morning for an interview and then she was supposed to go back home. But later that day before she took off, she was invited to a gala. And even the boss even bought her new gown and everything because they want, he really wanted her there, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when she's confronted by Jennifer Aniston's character, she's like, if you were so poised to go home, what are you doing here? Why couldn't you say no and just get on your, your, your flight? And her answer was, if the general manager, if the CEO of this company tells me he wants me to come to this thing, who am I to say no? And that sounds like a shallow response, like a shallow answer. But really, that is the question we face every day. Mm-hmm. The moment you should say no. And who are you to say no to a certain figure? Mm-hmm. Here's like, <laughs> it's not that easy. It sounds easy in our heads, mm-hmm. but it's not that easy Mm-mm. because the problem is this person is telling you, I'd like you to do this. And it might be inconvenient for you. It might be inconvenient for you. But you don't know what depends, what else in your career depends on you accepting doing this. What will be of your life if you said no to this thing? Yes. Yes. When you tie it into dreams and aspirations and, and, you know, if it's tied to, to all of that and your career is important to you and this person in a position of power says, would you please do X? You're going to say yes. 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 And the thing is that the mind is powerful enough to tell you, you can say yes, but if it gets too complicated, you can always say no. Right. And so it is with that feeling, it is with that assertion of your own free will that you say yes. Yes. Because you, like, I'm going to give you a, a quick example that might not, Fit. So suppose my boss would tell me, hey man, I'm really tied up with this and I needed to stop by the car wash and wash my car. If I give you my key, could you just, just run my car to, through the car wash for me and bring it back? I just need to be out of here 
in a bit and I need my car washed, but I'm tied up here, right? There's a whole lot of things about me that will say, why is he picking me? Why is he telling me? How come I have to go wash this nigga's car? Who the fuck is he? And blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe I'm making a lot of it. He just needs a favor. Right. And this is a favor. Why not? Right. And if, but during the time I walk from here to his car, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this. I can always go back and say no. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it is with that justification that at the end, I probably will go and wash his car. Yeah. Run the car through the car wash and bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't, you don't necessarily always respond the right way. And most of the time, you will end up saying yes because it's the easiest thing to say. Right. It's it's socially acceptable yes. to say yes, much more than it is to say no, especially as a female. And I'm not even talking necessarily about anything sexual, but especially as a female, if you're if you say no to certain things in in work, you can be seen as as a bitch. Yeah. As harsh as, you know, um, uncooperative unwilling to to work with a team um whereas in a, in a male counterpoint part that would be oh you know they they are they're forceful and they assertive. have a strong assertive they have a strong personality so you know as as women it's it's not necessarily seen as a good asset to be like no I'm not doing that go wash your own damn car yeah <laughs> exactly exactly plan exactly. your life better that's what you would tell me you'd yeah. be like you yeah. know if I came to you and said hey would you just run my car through the wash please I mean, it ought to go both ways, right? Right? I ought to be able it's to walk true. into my yeah. boss and, yeah. and say, hey, I, I, I've got a lot on my plate today because of the job you gave me to do, but I need to get my car washed. Right. So could you go do that for right. me? Thanks, babe. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, no, so that doesn't work that way. So when you, when you swap the positions, if you swap the positions and the, and, and the, the deed cannot be done the other way, then it's wrong. Yes. So if I can't go to my boss and say, would you take my car to the car wash? Then he can't come to me and say, would you take my car to the car wash? Exactly. So, the question is the reaction, your reaction, my reaction yes. when this favor is asked of me. Yes. That favor that cannot be reciprocal in any way, shape or form. Yes. How do I react? Yes. And what am I going to think of? Right, right. Because right. to a certain extent, doing this favor doesn't earn you, it might chip away a little bit at your, at your dignity, depending on what you're asked to do. But at the end of the day, does it ingratiate you with the person that, with whom your job depends? Right. From, you right. know what I mean? So you have the balance of power. Yeah. So you have the person who is in power, who is asking the person with less power to do something with them, for them, that, that ingratiates them with the person in power. Yeah. And also at the same time makes you have more servitude. Yes. So, um, yeah. So if, if, if it's something, and unfortunately our brains don't always work this fast, but, Maybe something to think of the next time something happens is if I asked him to do this for me, 
Would he? Would it be okay if I even asked? Would yeah. it be okay if I even asked? Not would even necessarily be? would he do it. Would it be even okay if exactly. I asked? And if it's not, then my answer to you is no. Is no. And that's 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 got to be the way to do it, especially in a workplace. Yes. And, and, and the thing we learn with this show is not always do we have the right response to compromising situations. Yeah. Yeah, because that and that doesn't necessarily mean it's our fault. No, doesn't necessarily no. mean we're looking for it or we're asking no. for it, especially no. for women. Yeah, you know, you know, one of my biggest struggles, or one of the things that is hardest for me to to discuss, is when I'm having a discussion with anybody who is no minority, and we're talking about discriminatory behavior and that person intends to explain to me how this behavior is not discriminatory because you know what I mean like yeah. that's not racist it, that, that was just it was just a joke my answer to that is all has always been right the only thing is that I've been black my whole life. I don't know when you started being black, but I've been black my whole life. <laughs> you know, so like, and, and, and it's like me telling you, you know, one of the people I respect the most at work, I had one conversation with this person and everything I respected about this person went to shit because he took one of these very defensive positions of how men have it so terrible right now with me too. You can't say this. You can't say that. You can't act this. You can't act that. Even if you were playing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, poor you, you stupid <laughs> motherfucker. Is it so bad to keep your hand to yourself? Is it so bad to Keep your stupid comments to yourself. Is it so bad to have fucking respect for women without treating them like they're your little sister's best friend? Yeah. Uh, is it so hard to give the same respect you have for me as another dude to, to women? Like, is it so hard? You're crying about this. I, I don't, I don't understand. There's, uh, there's a lot of things I don't understand about anything, huh? but um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand the male trait and, and women have this too. Women have this too, but the male trait to treat women as something other, yes. as an, a, an otherness about them. Yes. It's like, no, I'm a human being just as much as you're a human yeah. being. I have wants and desires and needs and, and I, just because I am female does not make me a separate creature from you. Right. I'm still a human being. So just treat me like a human being and I'm going to treat you like a human being. That's, that's, that's all it is. It and, is. and, and women do it too. Uh, of course they do. But I, I just see men struggling with it more. I feel so more so than women that, 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 that women are something other. 
I, I have seen, I have been around women who have the conversation, you know, with men bashing and, oh, men are like this and, oh, men are like that and that kind of thing. And I don't like that either. Right. Like, no, you know, some, if somebody's an asshole, they're an asshole. Right. It doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman. They're just an asshole, you know, and, and generalization between sexes and things like that bothers me because, again, a male is, is a human being. They have wants, they have needs, they have desires, they have thoughts, they have feelings, and they're another human being. Right. I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter to me what gender they are or right. aren't. You know, you can be non-binary. I don't give a fuck. You're still right. a human being. <laughs> so the idea, this otherness, it, it bothers me. And the idea, it, it typically seems to be older white men yeah. who have this feeling that, that, that women are this other kind of creature. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what engendered that. I don't know why that happened, but I really wish, you know, I don't know where that came from, but I I wish that it hadn't happened because it's, it's caused so much problems. Why, why can't we all just be humans together? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have exactly the feeling because I, I ask myself this question every day. When I see dudes, you know, having this very defensive posture, especially on social media, females, first of all, when you refer to women as females for some reason, like immediately, I don't want to talk to you. Like, yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like females. Yeah. Okay. Females. Right. So females want this and that. And then. But they don't want to buy their own drinks at the bar. Right. Well, you could actually buy drinks for someone without the expectation that she's going to <laughs> sleep with you. I, I, yeah. I, and if you don't want to, then don't buy the fucking drinks. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? And, and you're making the assumption that this person wants you. To, I don't want anybody buying me a goddamn drink at a bar. <laughs> I can buy my own fucking drink. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a job, and you know, I mean, there's sure there's some people out there that want drinks bought for them, but that's not just women. There's men too. Right. Who would be perfectly happy to have mm-hmm. all of the drinks in the world bought for them. If and you're an asshole, you're an asshole. That's the question. That's the question. So when you go and have a couple of beers with with your dude, with your boy, are you expecting your boy to sleep with you? No. Right. So what, right, right. what if you what can is, buy him a couple beers <laughs> and not expect him to suck your dick, then, <laughs> then, you know, why can't you buy a woman a couple beers and not expect her to suck your dick? And that's exactly, that's all I'm, that's, and, and that seems to be so hard for these people to understand yeah. is that what you said, right? Like this olderness, like, like there, there is no, other mindset out there. A woman is another human being. Yes. And all you have to do, don't treat her like your little sister or your mother or or a nun or anything like that. Just treat her like like you would like to be treated. Yes. That is as simple as that. Another human being. That is as simple as that. Yes. the other thing I, I can't, I don't get in, I'm not a saint by any means, but is there any way for dudes to 
don't want to ruin a friendship with a woman just for the mere fact of sexualizing, fantasizing, or or or, or not being able to look past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Society has has, has has a real problem with men and women being friends, yes. and 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 I don't think that it that men and women have a problem being friends. No, but I think society has society. a big problem with it, yes. and they are very. It's very like, oh well, you know, if you're friends with a woman, then you must be sleeping with her, and if you're yes. friends with a man, you must be sleeping together, and it's just I. It's ridiculous to me, and and the expectation. Again, I don't think it's the people involved right. necessarily. Right. It's society that's going, oh, this must be going Create on. this whole... Yes. Thing. Yes, exactly. But there, I, I don't it, know. It, I it's feel very like, immature. I feel like the, the philosophers would be very disappointed in all of us. <laughs> they are. If Socrates and everybody could come they back, are. they would be so sad they are. That, that, that everything is about sex because, you know, we've gotten to the point now where everything is practically done for us, right? Yeah. You, you don't even have to have sex to make a baby. Yep. We could achieve higher consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, anybody can ever talk about is sex and, and you know, use sex to, to get up in the workplace. And it's amazing, now that you touch on this point, how Freud <laughs> made such an impact in modern psychology by associating everything with, with sex, whereas philosophers have been around for the longest time talking about something ever so higher than the fucking primal desires that, that is sex. Yes. And we like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> You, you know what I mean? <laughs> cigars are not cigars. <laughs> so yeah, just I, I, you know, when you read stuff from 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 the Greek philosophers, you know that you, I, I just they'd be so disappointed because they would be like, finally, you don't have to fight for every scrap of food. You don't yeah. have to fight for every second of free time. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, sell everything to do with your body just to have time to, to read. You have access to being educated. You can read, you can read, you can read, you can read, you can learn. And instead we're all just sitting around looking at boobies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All cats, cat visitors. <laughs> yeah, should, yeah. You know. yeah. That's an amazing thing. <laughs> but okay. We really went off topic. It, it, it's not really. We, we didn't. I, I don't think we did at all. This is what this show is about, really. I went off topic. Oh, no, no, no. I think we need all of these analogies to get to the point of this show. Because, as we said, this show does not slant to onto any particular side. It shows the human element in... By saying that, I'm not saying it humanizes the perpetrator. Not at all. But I'm saying that it, sh it shows all of the components that makes a person being such a douchebag to the point of sexual misconduct. Yes. I don't know why this show doesn't have some some serious nominations, and I'm hoping that when Emmys come around, mm -hmm. there's going to be... Because, yes, 
Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston have been nominated, but I think Gugu Mbatha-Raw is deserving of a nomination of, at Best Supporting Actress mm-hmm. in the show, mm-hmm. and I still don't understand why I haven't heard her name on, at least in the Golden Globes, when, when the Golden Globes were around. And like I said, Emmy is a bit later in the year, so maybe by that point, more people will know enough about this show to understand how absolutely fantastic of a role this girl played there. Yeah. And um, this girl, she's a, she's, she's, she's an, in, in, marvelous actress, Guru Matarol. The cast, the entire cast of this show is deserving of a fucking round of applause. Even the little appearances of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Canadian dude, Martin Short. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Even those appearances are absolutely fantastic. Um, so shall we just go through the cast? Yeah. 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 Okay, so this is the moment where we scramble and look for shit because we don't prepare that much for this show. <laughs> no, seriously, we're just like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we've we've got um, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, of course. Billy, is it Crudup? Crudup? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Billy Crudup, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have Mark Duplass, mm-hmm. um, the lady who um, you need to say her name. The Gugu Mbatha-Raw. Yes. <laughs> yes, because I'll just make it sound yeah. Um There's Nestor Carbonell. Oh, yes. I- By the way, Nestor Carbonell's uh, character is actually absolutely gorgeous in this. Yes. Gorgeous in, in like in the acting sense. I'm not. Yes. You know. You're not fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the character because yes. he uh, he brings something that redeems inter-office relationships. And he does it in a... It, in a very dignified way, both of them, actually, he and the actress. And it also shows you the other side of dating within the office, how much, how stressful that fucking thing can be, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, yes, please go on. Karen, Karen Pittman, Belle Powley, Deshaun Terry, Jack Davenport, Steve Carell, Tom Irwin, Victoria Tate. Is it Janaya Ganvakar? I don't even. I, I'm not even there yet. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think let's talk about the people we know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Steve Carell. I, I don't know, but sometimes I even have a problem thinking that this guy is full. It's a full uh, full blown comedian. He, he he is. He has so much range as an actor. He is so good. <laughs> he he's just so good, and he. He captures the the ego so incredibly well. Yes. The television ego. It's a special kind of ego. He captures it so very well. And the very first episode, he showcases that in just a few minutes when he smashes the television. Yes. It's 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 perfect. Most it's, paradoxic thing you've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um so he's he's just excellent in it. And you also, he's just so believable too as a TV personality. You know, he's just con, con, turned himself into, 
he turns himself into every character that he, he is. He manages to make you feel for the for the for this character who is an absolute fucking douchebag, but yes. at some point you can see his pain. Yes. And that is magic. Yes. This is not the guy that is a bad guy that will make you hate him. Yes. He is extremely charming, but there's another side to him that you like, oh wow, I feel bad for this guy. Yeah. I feel for this guy, isn't it? You're absolutely right, man. Stiff, stiff girl is something else. Yeah. Uh, I, I think while one could see a lot of other actors playing this character and doing a fucking great job at it, but I'm glad it was Steve Carell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't help but think about Matt Lauer yes. also when, yes. when I saw. Yes. And they don't even look alike or anything. No. No. But the stories are parallel yes. in, in many ways yes and i i thought to myself i i, I wonder when matt Lauer was going through this yeah i wonder if all of these reactions were his yeah um because yeah the denial first and then the yes i did it but it wasn't only my fault because you know they were there too so they came on to me, yeah, you know, and they got something out of it, so it's not bad, you know. Um, that was amazing. Uh, the character that Reese Witherspoon plays is uh, incredibly relatable. Yes, she's a little bit of a spitfire, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. She, 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 she thrives with this, with these characters. Yeah strong ass woman yeah you know that can fucking kick your ass and you're still looking like where is she <laughs> you, you what know just what I mean? happened <laughs> <laughs> i love that that when her because her mother's played by um brett butler who i almost didn't recognize i hadn't seen her in a long time she's, she's a great older actress mm -hmm. um but i love that in the phone her her mother was that woman <laughs> <laughs> that woman that like woman Yep, if it wasn't mom in the phone or mother or even just it was that woman. I'm like, oh, I yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love. I love also the fact that she is the rock. Mm -hmm. You know, the the brother. There was a phone conversation between her and the brother where you will see how much one that if there's anybody in the world that she loves is the brother. Yeah, but also how much respect she has for him because of the stigma of addiction i think almost everybody shows love for an addict but almost incapable of showing respect mm -hmm. for them mm -hmm. it's true that's true there's very, compassion very true. there's very love true. i love you but that sense of respect very, for very the, the person that this person is all they can they can't see past the addiction enough to have respect for them yep in the respect in this character for, for, for the little brother, the respect for how many times he's tried. And the respect comes from understanding this is not him doing this, but this is a person who actually is ill. Yeah. And so that's not their fault, but rather it's it's an illness. Yeah. Yeah, you're you are completely right about the lack of respect. I I, I worked for two years as a, a manager in a, a, a hospital for addicts 
for a rehab, rehab hospital. And you're completely right. I had parents bawling in front of me, you know, because they loved their kids so much. I don't remember anybody ever showing any respect yes. towards yes. any of our patients. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember anybody. I remember people crying and blaming. I remember um, a lot of disgust, a lot of anger. Yeah. And, and all of those are valid things to be feeling. Absolutely. Of course, this person has disappointed you and let you down. But they are still a person. And I, I don't remember ever seeing respect. Yeah. You're completely right. Yeah. So... You know that that talks a lot about the actor, right? Yeah. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon captures this character with with all of her might. I feel. As for Jennifer Aniston, let's get in that because here's the thing. Up until this show, I've never been able to take Jennifer Aniston seriously as an actress. I've never liked Jennifer Aniston <laughs> at all. I, and I don't know why. So you've never liked Jennifer Aniston? I never, I, I don't know why. She just kind of had that effect on me until I saw her in, it was, I think, this summer. It was called Dumplin'. Dumplin', yes. And she was the, uh, the beauty queen, former yeah. beauty queen mom in that. And I was like, I actually really liked her in that. Like, I really enjoyed her performance and her, like, vulnerability and um, kind of jerkishness, too, towards her daughter without really meaning to be, you yeah. know? So that kind of made me be able to, <laughs> to be more open to Jennifer Aniston. And uh, I, I, I think she put in a great performance with this series. Yes. Yes. I really think she did. And she also very much captured the television ego. Yeah. And which I'm sure she got to see a lot of, you know, probably when we're working with friends because, you know, they would have been probably in the same building as a lot of the news news folks were. And promoting so, the show all the time. Yeah. Going to those morning yeah, shows and so, shit. Yeah. So she would have been very familiar with it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, she, she does a, a great a great job in in this and you really feel her struggles yes with everything that's happening i i i like how she the portrayal of someone who deep inside knows that she's complicit mm -hmm. but is struggling with accepting how far she let things go yeah because there's a lot of, and again, it goes back to the nobody is inherently bad. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that too. Because mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that we see on a daily basis that we recognize immediately. Oh, that shit's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. That shit's wrong though. It's, but not my business. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because we don't want to be the one to always be fucking speaking out about some shit. Because yep. we know yep. that the moment we start doing that, we'll be like, oh, here comes this motherfucker again. <laughs> Do you know? They're coming <laughs> in with a crap again. Yeah. Um, oh, God, what shit could you give do? Give it a rest. <laughs> exactly. Right? Just let it go. Yeah. yeah. And so in that context, we become complicit to a lot of shit that's wrong. Yeah. That was simply considered it's not my business. Yeah. No, no, not my uh, division. Yeah, <laughs> not my jurisdiction. <laughs> no. You remember that answer? Uh, yes. <laughs> so 
yes, you, you, you're right. I, I don't know that I, I don't know how I feel about Jennifer Aniston, really. You know, for a long time, I had trouble seeing her as anything but Rachel. And, but I do, lo- I do like mature Jennifer Aniston, to tell you the truth. Yeah. No, yeah. She, I do. She's, she's aging incredibly well. Yeah. You know, like, like very graciously and very, I don't know. Yeah. Jack Davenport plays a very subtle character as the incredibly supportive husband of Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Uh, it's weird because I've never seen him in, in this kind of character before. Jack Davenport is plays characters that are very in your face and very Britishly douchey. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he was in, have you ever seen Coupling? I know of the show, but I've never seen it. Okay, so it's kind of the, the British version of Friends, but I think it was before Friends. Um, and it was a, it was a short run sitcom because the British, you know, they don't let things go on forever. They, they give them 10 episodes. Six episodes and fuck you. Yes, exactly. Um, and it was written by Stephen Moffat, who was responsible for Sherlock and, yeah. and Doctor Who. And so, um, but so I, 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 as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's guy from coupling with a bad toupee. It's possible to that. Uh, Stephen Moffat's humor humor is too much for a sitcom. <laughs> uh, you know, his kind of humor is like, yeah, maybe something a bit more serious, but for a sitcom, we, we it's, 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 it's it's too much for us. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, and really fast. Yeah, that that's that's it. He's like the Aaron Sorkin of you know these things. But yeah, I like I like Jack Davenport, uh, Billy Crudup. Is really good in this. He is very good. Yes, he's creepily good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's good. Um, he like he he nails that that corporate balance act. Yes, like the, I'm with you, but I'm here too. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm with you, but I'm with you, and yeah, I'm here, and yeah, I'm there, and you're yeah. the most important person, but you're also the most important person. Yes. And oh God, yeah, yes, he's, he's, he's very good at it. Yes, creepy. He, absolutely right. And the dude Nestor Carbonell, very good. And he, the crazy thing is, as soon as you see the character and you hear the name of the character Yanko, you know he's Cuban. <laughs> you know he's Cuban, you know. <laughs> so that was dope. But um, his reporting on Puerto Rico was like the the lines were, you know, what I mean, like the weather guy who no one seemed to want to take in seriously because he's the weather guy, right? You know, right? Then when he steps into the light of a reporter. And then he shows this great sense of words and storytelling mm-hmm. in his reporting in Puerto Rico. It's like, okay, here's that guy. This guy's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fantastic. What else you got? Um, the other actor that was in there that I recognize um, was Mark Duplass. Yes. Who I feel like he's he's always... Good in everything he he is in. He's sort of a oddball character usually. Yeah. So he he played a little more mainstream this time, and uh, at the same time was, you know, 
complicit. Yes. So, yes. You know, that's, it was, yeah. Cause in the, in the beginning, you know, the first couple episodes, you, you don't really know all of that necessarily yeah. that, that how much he knew and then finding all of that out is. It, and, and also I like how he descended into this. Yes. Crisis of conscience and. Yes. And ended up sort of like want to redeem himself. Right. Yes. Uh, but yes, you're right. It's, 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 uh, Karen Pittman was a surprise for me. Like in the beginning, she seemed like one of those feeling, feeling characters. Mm-hmm. But then as the show progressed, her character also became incredibly relevant and, and a huge part of the story, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. So, she was the one that I always wanted to see more of. This girl, Belle Foley, Belle Pauli, Belle Pauli, uh, was also dope. Yeah. She, yeah. she was very, very good. She was. She was. Um, and uh, I love that they, you know, let her keep her British accent. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's, there's so many Brits that yes. end up in American television that they make them, you know, put on a phony American accent. Yes. So. Yeah. Sometimes a bit too much. Yes. Yes. Too, uh, too, I mean, in, in, it's a crazy thing. Is <laughs> I think we should call it a day now. Because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we'll be like, <laughs> <We're just> g- <laughs> whatever, dude. So Jocelyn, take us out. Jocelyn is going now to invite you folks to follow us on social media. Yes, we are on the Facebook <laughs> she can't take this tea seriously. <laughs> we're on, let's see, we're on the Facebook. Uh-huh. We are on the Twitter box. <laughs> uh, we are on Instagrammies. Machine. <laughs> Instagrammies. <laughs> um, let's see, we are on, um, let's see. The how, Pinterest? I had a friend, how did she say Pinterest? Pin interest. Pin interest. Pin interest. Pin interest. We are on pin interest. <laughs> um, and we are on... How old was that, friend? Younger than me. Oh, my God. <laughs> pin interest. Pin interest. I was well, like... Never mind. Well, that, that's 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 not as bad as uh, one of the pers- people I worked with at the airport said, um, you know, this place in downtown called the Epicenter. Yes. Um. Well, one of the best places to go is the Epic Center. (laughs) And I'm like, no, you ever heard of an earthquake? (laughs) The epicenter, like it all originates like, that epic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's it. The Epic Center. We're on the we're on the Epic Center. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. What else are we on? Uh, we're on the Tubes of You. The Tubes of You. <laughs> <laughs> the Tubes of You. Uh, on Instagram, I am uh, Jocelyn Podcast. Yes. We are kicking in streaming underscore podcast yes. on Instagram. Yay. On Twitter. Graham is Mr. Puzetta. Yeah. And on the Facebook, what are we on the Facebook? Kicking and streaming podcast. Kicking and streaming podcast. <laughs> yep. Yes, you'll find us. If you give, a, give us a search, you'll find us, right? Yep. We and, and we have a website. 
Kicking and streaming pod- podcast.com. And of course you can you can subscribe uh, uh to our podcast any on any platform you listen to. Yes. Give so, us some stars. Give us some likes. Yes. We only want five stars because we're only five star. <laughs> That's what we are. That's our thing. Yep. Five star service, man. That's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, share, share yes. things because yeah. you know you you maybe you know if you've gotten to this point in the show, you must like it. So share it to other people that would share your interests and enjoy the show as well. Just go ahead and do that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, right, then, so thank you very much for listening, and we hope you uh, have. You know, when you formed your own opinion about the show we discussed today, come back and tell us what you think. Yeah, and right. watch it. Watch Apple it. TV Plus, uh, the show is The Morning Show. The Morning Show. It's nothing like you would think of a show called The Morning Show. No. So. No. Highly recommended, isn't it? Yes. Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, yep. and some other folks. Very good. Very good show. Very good actors. We're going to call it today. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.